Coming at you from the Lone Star State, a pop culture podcast about movies, TV, toys, and other dorky things with a twist of real life dad stuff too. So here he is, Lucky the Dork Dad. This is the Dork Dad Podcast. What up, dorks? Man, all I gotta say is wow, wow, and wow. What a crazy-ass week, right? So big time at the box office and the small screen. So on this episode today, we are gonna dive into spoiler-filled talk about my experience with Endgame and also into the battle of battles between the living and the dead. Yes, I'm talking about episode 3 from the final season of Game of Thrones. Plus, I'll see what other news I can dig up to talk about. So before we start, here's my attempt at a commercial for Three-Legged Rabbit. Let me know what you guys think. Do you ever feel scared? I'm scared of the dark. I'm scared of failing. I'm scared I don't have the spark. I'm scared of being dumb. I'm scared of what I don't know. I'm scared of dying. I'm scared to grow. I'm scared to be me. I'm scared of Chucky. I'm scared of a lot of things. I'm scared I'm not lucky. What does it take to overcome your fears? What does it take to turn your gears? What does it take for you to break through? What does it take for you to be you? Confidence is a journey. Let us take you there. Style and confidence. Threeleggedrabbit.com. Be big, be strong, be you. Dork News. All right, everybody, starting off with some dork news. I think I'm going to try a little something different. Maybe uh, I'll do it from here on out. But I'm going to talk about um, this weekend at the box office. So I think everybody knows what came in at number one. Now, I'm going to talk numbers, but this is just um, North American numbers so or U.S. numbers. Um, cause I know this movie made a whole lot more overseas, but, um, you know what? Let's start with number five. Uh, so at number five this weekend or this week, uh, no weekend, the weekend numbers. Number five, uh, looks like it dropped three places down to number five, making Five and a half million dollars, bringing its total up to a hundred and thirty-one million. Let's see, coming at number four this week, dropping one spot from last week, is Breakthrough, uh, which in its second week um, brought in six point eight million bucks for a total of twenty-six million dollars breakthrough that's the movie with um that girl from uh this is us right um it looks pretty good my wife's a fan of that and the little boy that plays her son i don't know the actor's name but he came he comes in um or he came out in the remake of one day at a time that netflix show um me and the family used to like that show. So, um, 
I think we want to check that one out. At least my wife does. Uh, number three, dropping two spots. This was number one last week. The Curse of La Llorona, which this week brought in eight million bucks for a total of 41 million after two weeks. Uh, number two actually jumped up two spots. Um, last week was number four. But this week, Captain Marvel brought in uh, 8.3 million, bringing its grand total so far after eight weeks 413 million. And of course, we all know who's number one Avengers Endgame, which brought in just a crazy amount. So over the over the weekend, this movie brought in three hundred and fifty seven million dollars. So I mean that's that's more than half of what Captain Marvel has made already after eight weeks. One week three hundred and fifty seven million. One weekend, which is just crazy, crazy. So like I said, if you guys like that little recap of the weekend numbers, uh, maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll just do the top three. That was kind of long, I think. Top five. But let's see. Sticking with Marvel, right? The powerhouse duo that is Phil Lord and Chris Miller, the creators of the Logo Universe, Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs, and produced and co-wrote into the Spider-Verse, have signed a TV development deal with Sony. So what has, what does that mean for us? Now there's already been confirmation of a couple of movies in the works, right? A sequel and a spin-off to the Spider-Verse. So this could only mean a Spider-Man or Spider-Verse character spin-off shows for the small screen too. I mean, that's the only thing that Sony has, right? It's just Spider-Man. So, could we see more Venom, Spider-Ham, maybe a Sinister Six TV show? You know, not too sure at this point, but it looks like Sony is going to milk all it can off this Spider-Verse train. I really like the guys, um, Miller and Lloyd what they could bring to the table I just wish we could have seen their take on Solo even if it was like way out there with the humor and jokes I think I probably still would have enjoyed it so look out for that so let's talk some Will Smith we all know the live action adaptation of Aladdin is coming right on May 24th and Think of what you want of him, but this is our new genie. I think all of us have had our thoughts on who who should have taken the reins at this character. Me, personally, I would have liked to see Jack Black, but again, that's just me. You know, one thing I saw that was pretty interesting is that one of the people considered, like really considered uh, for, for the genie was Gabriel Iglesias. Yeah, that's right, Fluffy. I think I would have liked to see that version, you know? 
but Will Smith got it this time. But did you know that there was uh, some major big time movies that Will Smith did turn down? You know, it really makes me wonder how some of these movies would have went down. I think the biggest one and the one that I think most people know about is that he turned down the role of Neo, uh, Keanu Reeves' character in, in the Matrix movies. Um, he said he turned it down because he just didn't get it. It's pretty crazy, right? Let's see. He was also offered the role of Superman back in 2006 for Superman Returns, saying he didn't want to ruin a white character. You know, ouch. But uh, maybe it was for the best because that movie was not very good. Let's see. Another one that makes you wonder how it would have turned out is he turned down the role of Trey Styles, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s part in Boys in the Hood. You know, rest in peace, John Singleton. Let's see. He was also offered to play Django. Chris Tucker's role in Rush Hour, uh, the lead in Phone Booth, and K-Pax. You know, whatever his reasons were for turning down these roles, I think he's done a pretty good job for himself. I mean, we got Bad Boys 3 coming out with Big Mama, I mean, uh, Martin Lawrence. Man, have you seen those pics going around the, going around the web, making the rounds uh, from the set of that movie? Man, boy blew up, literally. Let's see. And then there's um, the Gemini Man, right? That's supposed to drop in October. Shout out to uh, Dario 80s Baby that sent me that trailer. You know, this looks pretty interesting. You know, at first look, I thought we've seen this story already. I thought, okay, he's got to go back in time to stop himself from doing something that's going to cause something else. But it's not another time travel movie, thank God. It looks a little cooler than that. It's actually his clone that's after him. You know, I'm just worried, and I know a lot of trailers do this now. But I'm just worried they pretty much explained the whole movie already. Unless there's another twist, we pretty much know everything, right? Unless I hear otherwise, this is probably going to be a red box movie for me. Alright, let's see what other trailers dropped. We had 21 Bridges with my boy Chadwick Boseman. Now this looks good, right? It looks like a real life Black Panther movie. Uh, it looks like he's a, either a cop or detective that's seeking seeking some kind of redemption for something he did or something that happened, and in the process, he's like he's after some kind of cop killer. He's after some big bad guy, but in order to do that. He's got to put Manhattan on lockdown, which means closing off all of the bridges, hence the title. So, this one looks pretty cool. 
on it's supposed to drop in July. And then a fun one to look out for is Long Shot, starring Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen and Ice Cube Jr. Uh, or I mean uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. It looks just like his daddy. So this seems like a fish out of water movie for Seth Rogen's character. Seems like he's this crazy, free-spirited guy uh, that gets reunited, reunited with an old crush, um, the successful Charlize Theron, and somehow convinces her to run for president. And you know, it it just looks like a fun Seth Rogen rom-com. So be on the lookout for that. Um. I think that's enough news. Let's get down and dirty. Dork stuff. Okay, let's do this. Uh, end game. Now, I don't know how deep I'm going to get into this today. Um, I could probably talk about it all day if you really break it down. Uh, scene by scene. But let's just see how this goes. So... Before I start, I just want to take this chance to thank the RLU, the Raw Live Unedited Podcasting Network, for having me on for an instant reaction pon- podcast with uh, Andre, a.k.a. Slytherin Darkness, Dario's, the 80s babies, and Rich, the man, El Sinestro. So I think it was a little awkward at first um we were all in just total awe of the movie and i don't think we really had time to let everything just sink in yet plus rich could not get over the damn time travel thing and when this fucker gets going it's pretty hard to get a word in you know now i know how adam feels all the time uh, Adam the Urban Spidey. I kept trying to get in there though. I was like, uh, and uh, and I was, and uh, yeah, but uh, uh, hi, uh, uh. but but hey, you know, it was it was lots of fun. Those guys are always great to uh, interact with. And again, I appreciate them having me be a part of the show. So let's just get into it, right? Again, this is a spoiler-filled review, talk about, whatever you want to call it. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, too bad, too bad on you. So to set the scene, me and my oldest son went to the 6 o'clock showing on Thursday. It was a packed house. Even, uh, even the front row was all taken. But got Damn it, we go through all the trailers, right? The movie freaking starts. We we get the Hawkeye scene, right? Him and his family go through the snapping. And we still got motherfuckers all walking in all late and shit. I'm like, dude, it's like 6.40 already. You knew the movie started at 6. And you're barely coming in right now? Come on. 
So there was that. And there was this older couple sitting right in front of us. And all I could smell is some old lady perfume. I know all you all know what I'm talking about. Old lady perfume. It was like something like Elizabeth Taylor's White Diamonds or like Chanel Number no. 5 or something. It was just strong. You no, know? I had a headache for like the first half of the movie until like the scent dissipated uh, in the air. But I wasn't going to let anything bother me for this movie. So. At first watch, again, I was just blown away by the movie. It was non-stop from start to finish. And to be honest, I was really surprised on how much I liked it. It was not a perfect movie, though. As I've had time to let the movie settle in, I've been able to rethink my thoughts, if that makes sense. So we got Tony... And Nebula stuck in space. Right? And they can't get back to Earth. But who comes to the rescue? Freaking Captain Marvel. Really? She's been gone for years. And is just now coming back at the most opportune times. Now, this is one of the problems I have with the movie. You know, I was a genuine fan I am a genuine fan of the Captain Marvel movie. You know, I'm in total support of Brie Larson. But really, when you think about it, she don't even need to be in this movie. She basically has two scenes. One in the beginning and one in the end. And that's pretty much it. I really thought she was going to have a bigger part of the movie. I mean, Captain Marvel just came out. Like, they were setting her up for something. But, I mean, she was... She was barely in this movie at all, right? So, like I said, I don't, I don't even think she needed to be part of this movie. I mean, she came to save um, Tony and Nebula, right? Bring them back to Earth. But really, I mean, Tony couldn't just. I'd rather, I would rather have seen Tony and Nebula figure out a way to get that ship going to bring it back, but. It is what it is. We got what we got. Um, so I don't think we needed Captain Marvel, but I think Disney just wanted to introduce their Wonder Woman. You know what I mean? But yeah, for me, they could have left her out. So now Tony's back, right? And with the help of Nebula, the remaining Avengers track down Thanos in hope to get the stones back. And undo what he's done. Well. They find out that Thanos destroyed the stones. And there's no chance of bringing anybody back. You know we have a frustrated Thor. Just freaking chops the burnout gauntlet. Off his arm. Like fucking chops his arm off. And then when he realizes there's nothing they can do. Thor chops off his fucking Thanos' head. And I was like what the fuck. What the hell just happened? I was like, that's it? I was like, this is all within like the first 30 minutes of the movie. I was like, this is freaking crazy, right? It's badass, but it's crazy. So, after that, right? 
they're all bummed out. They're like, there's nothing we can do. There's no more stones. The team heads back to Earth. You know, still defeated, hopeless. Five years go by, right? They can't do nothing. Time's going. Time keeps going. Five years go by. And just by chance, Ant-Man is released from the from the quantum realm. Because the freaking mouse, mouse or push the buttons in the jeep in the van so he he comes out he don't know what the hell is going on he goes home oh this is one thing I want to bring up so this whole part right uh, Ant-Man comes back he's trying to figure out what the hell happened now this is one thing that I really think that uh, that would really happen if something uh, in real life so we see all these monuments, right, of the vanished, they call them the vanished. That's where uh, Ant-Man sees his own name, right, Scott Lang, he sees his wife's name. And, you know, he's like, what the hell? What I want to know, though, too, in this part is, do people just think, oh, these people just vanished? Or they do, or do they know what really happened? Do they know about Thanos? And I don't know if anybody's talked about that yet, but the average people out there, do they know what really happened? And if they do, do they blame the Avengers? I mean, I think that would put a whole twist on on everything, right? Do they blame them for what happened because they couldn't stop Thanos? So, I don't know. Something to think about. Okay, so Ant-Man goes home to find his daughter, who's a teenager now, right? So he's like, what the hell is going on? He heads over to the Avenger headquarters to find out about the snap, then shares his idea about the possibility of time travel through the quantum realm. So he gets um, Black Widow and, and Cap all riled up, thinking okay let's go talk to Tony right let's let's see uh, if we can get him to do it so they run over to Tony who's now living a peaceful life with Pepper and his daughter who loves him 3000 which don't get me started that's another crying part uh, <laughs> they try to talk Tony into their plan to go back in time and Tony's like, what the hell are you guys talking about? There's no way. This is impossible. You know, sends him away. He says, I- I'm good. Um, life-, life moves on. Let's just move on. There's nothing we can do about it. So he sends him off. But then Tony, right, being Tony, um, you know, this idea is just getting at him right now. It's eating at him. And he decides to try to figure out. So this is another hard part to believe, right? Again, freaking Hank Pym, the dude that created fucking the whole Ant-Man thing, the whole going into the quantum realm. Um, you would think he would have realized you could use the quantum realm for time travel, but it wasn't him. It was Tony, and Tony figured is that figures the whole thing out. Over a sandwich, which is again, Tony figures out time travel, 
but he couldn't fix the damn spaceship to get him back to Earth. I don't know. What's more believable? So, Tony's in. He's figured it out. So they say, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's go back and get the stones before Thanos can use them. Now, this is where I knew I would have a problem. So, we all knew it was coming. But to me, time travel is such a cop-out. Right? When all else fails, let's just go back in time. When there's nothing else left to do, let's just prevent it from happening. To me, it's just lazy, right? I mean, I was expecting more from the MCU. But it is what it is. Like I said, it was still an enjoyable movie. I still love it. Um, So, it is what it is, right? So, moving on, they try to give us the rules for time travel up front, right? Because they know everybody's going to be bitching about it. They know everybody's going to question it, just as we are right now. So, they go on to mention just about every time travel movie there is, even Hot Tub Time Machine. (laughs) They try to tell us everything we know about time travel is wrong. Right? They wanted to make their own rules. Um, they even say the staple of them all, Back to the Future, is wrong. So, they want us to believe that if you go back and change something, it's not going to affect your current timeline. They say, yes, it will splinter the timeline and create an alternate reality, but if you put back what you changed... It'll all go back to normal. Well, it didn't make sense in the movie, and it still doesn't make sense now. But, again, it's all make-believe anyways, so whatever. So, they break up into teams to try to recover the stones. We got a Fat Thor and Rocket, which, to me, uh, Fat Thor is my favorite character of the movie. Thor had let himself go, he gave up, he was defeated, he didn't care no more, he just spent all his days drinking beer, eating pizza, playing Fortnite with Korg, Um, I know some people hated that he was made out to be the comic relief of the movie, but personally, I liked it, I enjoyed that the most, so we got those two together, we got Black Widow and Hawkeye, Set out to get the soul stone. Um, they found out. Just as Thanos did. That they had to give a soul. For a soul. And after fighting about it. Black Widow. Bested out Hawkeye. And sacrificed herself for the greater good. Then we got. Smart Hulk. Or Professor Hulk. Whatever you want to call him. Which was freaking great too. Um, he tried to get the time stone from the, what's her name, the sorceress, or, damn, I forgot her name, the bald chick. But, she explains to him, again, about the timeline, and tells Hulk she can't give it up, 
But then he tells her Doc Strange gave up the stone and she realized it had to have been for a reason and then just hands it over. Um, that's another thing I don't understand either, if someone can explain it. I remember in the first Guardians movie, it was said that you cannot just hold a an Infinity Stone. You cannot hold it with your bare hands. A human cannot hold it with their bare hands. Star-Lord could do it because he, was, he wasn't just human. He was like part planet, part god. Um, but these guys are just walking around with the stones like nothing. But, you know, whatever. Um, then we got Tony and Cap team up, right? They fuck up. They let Loki run off for the Tesseract. So they're like, uh, shit, now what? So they got to go back further in time, right? Tony sees his dad. Um, Cap sees his old crush, Peggy. Then you get Don Cheeto and Nebula team up. And then all that mess, the Thanos from the past finds out what they're doing. So... All the teams succeed. We get all the stones back. We go back to the present, which shouldn't be there anymore, but it is. Tony made a new gauntlet to hold stones, and Hulk ends up putting it on. He tries to unsnap everything, and it seemed to have worked, right? Well, as they were about to celebrate their victory, um, a pre-gauntlet Thanos makes his way to the present to try to get the new gauntlet back. Well, by this time, everyone was snapped back. And we get the whole gang back together. And we finally, finally get our epic battle. You know, it's what we all wanted to see in Infinity War. Every Marvel character we've grown to love was in this fight, right? We get back the Black Panther and all of Wakanda. We get a Doctor Strange and all the wizards. We got Ant-Man and the Wasp. We get Valkyrie and all the Asgardians. Fat Thor. Um, Cap, Scarlet Witch, Bucky, Falcon, Star-Lord, Groot, Drax, Spider-Man. Everyone that was snapped away. And of course we get... Uh, Cap finally saying Avengers Assemble right? big moment of the movie and then we of course we get Captain Marvel to come back for the final battle she hasn't been in the movie the whole fucking time but now she comes back we see uh, Cap handle Thor's hammer uh, we see the best out of everybody right we get we get to see how much of a badass Thanos is without the stones. And then they're fighting and all of a sudden Thanos is able to get the new gauntlet away from our heroes. And is about to re-snap everything again. But then there's a rumble and we find out Tony somehow managed to get the stones. And we're now part of his iron suit he had them on his hand and then we get a snap from Tony 
and just dust Thanos and all his minions. Right. The snap was too much for Tony to handle though. And ends up being his demise. But not before Pepper made the whole theater start bawling again. Right. You got Tony after the snap. He's sitting there. He's trying to hold it together. Um, but he just got a blank look on his face. Like he's, you could tell he's done. Right. And you got Pepper just, just there with him. Right. Telling him it's okay. It's okay. We're going to be okay. Like meaning the world is going to be okay. We're going to be okay. Tony, you can rest now. God damn it. That was to me. That was the biggest scene of the movie right there. I couldn't hold it together right there. I look over at my son. He's fucking bawling his eyes out. And I like just like, you know, how guys do where they hold in their tears. Like my son was like fucking crying, ugly face and everything. Just fucking bawling. And, uh, um, that was just a great scene. Uh, it reminded me of another movie though. I don't know how many people have seen this movie. Had it been like, mid 90s uh it was a movie called roommates starring uh peter falk or columbo uh you guys probably don't even know who that is but he played this guy's grandfather right or, or a grandfather who ends up moving in with his grandson uh, the whole movie is shown from this his grandson was a little boy and and he stays with them and and he grows up. He's there with them throughout his grandson's life. Um I think if I remember right, something happened to his parents. So it was just him and his, his grandfather. And you know, he's there, he makes sure he makes good choices, trying to make sure he's taken care of. Well, anyways, the the grandfather, like he ends up over a hundred years old, right? Still living with his grandson, making sure he's all right. And at the end of the movie, when he finally passes, the grandson tells him the same thing. He says, you can rest now, right? I'm going to be okay. So I probably just spoiled that movie for you if you haven't seen it, but uh, it is a good movie. You should watch it. But yeah, I cried at that movie too, right? And that's that's what that scene made me think of. So it was all amazing, right? Awesome battle. But another problem with the whole time travel thing, right? So they just defeated Thanos from the past. So that means he should have never got the stones in the first place. And that means Infinity War should have never happened. But yet here we are, right? So again, time travel. Again, another example. It's just too messy. There's too many loose ends. You can't do time travel right. Back to the Future is the only exception. Um, but yeah. They shouldn't have done it. But, again, it is what it is. Time travel is just too easy um, to make up the rules and pretend nothing happened. Right? 
so what else at the end of the movie uh, we get Tony's funeral right and everyone who he has ever interacted with uh, is pretty much there um, there's even the little boy from Iron Man 3 right and because of the rules they made right Cap has to go back to return the stones from the exact time they were taken so that doesn't make sense either right wouldn't putting them back just mean Thanos can go back and do what he did before all over again I don't know you know another thing that was talked about was the fact that Cap did not come back after he went to return the stones right he stayed with Peggy and grew old right how how and when and uh, they don't explain that right how could this be how is it possible that means Cap was not around for anything that has happened but yet he still manages to get his shield uh, I don't know and then he passes it to the Falcon to be the new Cap I don't know but what I do know uh, even all the flaws with the time travel and and everything that just goes unexplained it is still a great movie it's hella fun to watch uh, it's already made all the monies and it's gonna go down as one of the biggest movies ever so big win for Disney and Marvel and I'm sure we'll still be talking about this movie for weeks to come but for now I'm moving over to the small screen let's talk about some Game of Thrones episode 3 finally after all this time we got the battle we've all wanted and we got the Night King and the White Walkers headed over to Winterfell for the epic throwdown so one thing I thought was interesting uh, watching this episode is that it is one of the longest episodes we've had of Game of Thrones and probably one of the episodes with the least dialogue in it which is sort of odd when you think about it I mean there was a lot of just waiting watching fighting with little words and and it didn't bother me um I mean they spoke when they needed to speak and and we just kept on trucking so let's just get into it right we're talking this big battle which pretty much had everybody that's left in the show in this battle except for Cersei and her men 
back at uh, Westeros. Aside from them, everybody was there. And what's funny is we had this epic battle, right? And pretty much everybody dies, just about, except our our biggies, which is kind of convenient. I mean, they had thousands of men, thousands of people that just got killed by all these walkers, but yet... We have Jamie, Brienne, Sam, um, Daenerys, Jon Snow, Arya, Bran. I mean, all the main people all survived, right? Everybody else dead except for the main players, uh, which is just convenient, but Either way, it's still it's still a great episode. I mean, regardless of all that, it was badass from start to finish. As long as it was, though, I I wanted to see more. I wanted to see more fighting. I really thought it was gonna be drug out at least two episodes. I wanted to see a little more back and forth. It just seemed kind of. Like, everything happened just too quick. Like, I wanted to see some small victories, some small defeats, and maybe a re-strategize, and, and, I don't know, I just wanted it to be longer, but it was, it was really, really enjoyable the way it was. I mean, we had dragon on dragon battle, right? Two against one, which I think... Maybe they didn't know how to handle it, so they just kind of did it in the dark where you really couldn't see them doing anything or they couldn't see each other. Um, but again, it was still cool. I liked it. And I liked how they called it, right? They knew uh, the Night King was going to go after Bran, right? So they they hit him out in the woods next to the, the tree. forgot what they called it. And they got a small group and Theon there protecting Bran, which he did everything he could to protect him. But, you know, the walkers were just too much. And then when the Night King shows up, you know, you think, man, this is it. They're going to take him. And we get the most badass scene ever from personally my favorite character since the beginning. And Arya fucking comes out of nowhere, ninja style, jumps at the Night King, which he catches her, right? Mid jump. He catches her. Um, and then you see her drop the knife, grab it with the other hand, and just stab him. And, like I said, that was just the most badass scene. And it happened just in the right time right we had all of our our big players trapped they were they were going down ready to give up and as soon as she's uh, Arya stabs the Night King all of the dead just drop right they're done he can't control them no more 
So the reason why I say I wanted it to drag out a little more is like this is what the whole series has pretty much been leading up to. Winter's Coming, the Walkers, the White Walkers, the Night King, and it's all done in one episode. I mean, again, it's still badass, but it's like, okay, all this time, all this build up, and it's over? Like, is it really the end of them? Is that it? And I get it, right? We need to get through this part because the real battle, the real game is the Game of Thrones. Who's going to take over the Iron Throne? Got everybody here dying, right? Fighting for humanity, for fighting for our survival. And you got Cersei and her crew just chilling out over there in Westeros, you know. Um, and that was her plan all along, right? She, she said, if we're going to die, we're going to die either way. But if by some chance they defeat these white walkers, hell, then I'm going to have the advantage. I got all my men to take over the little stragglers that are left over. So we'll see what happens. We got three more episodes, um, to get Cersei off that damn throne. And I can't wait. Dad stuff. Alright dad stuff. What's going on with the kiddos? See like I mentioned. My daughter had another competition. This was her last competition. Until nationals. and Which are in June. And we'll be heading. To Dallas. Uh, for that. So, look forward to that. Um, my son's baseball team lost again, but yeah, they lost again. <laughs> um, oh, one thing I, I've been meaning to mention, um, I did take my youngest son. We went to go see Dumbo when it first came out. And I guess I didn't mention it because that was a really, really bad movie. I mean, I kind of expected more from uh, Tim Burton. But it was just, it didn't work. It didn't work to me. I mean, the story's okay. It's just, it's just boring. If you want to put a word to it I mean I thought Michael Keaton Danny DeVito but um yeah it was just it was just boring um I think changing the story just didn't work I think having looked at it now I would have rather had talking animals and just give it the give it to us the way it was um, even with the crows, but I know they're not going to do that, but I think I would have enjoyed that more than what we got. Like I said, it's not a bad movie. It's just not a good movie. So save your money on Dumbo. Um, wait for Redbox or Disney plus 
Um, I don't know. It wasn't for me. It was just eh. So I didn't mention that one before. Yeah, not too much for uh, dad stuff this week. Um, I do plan on taking the whole crew uh, to go see Endgame maybe this coming weekend since uh, my daughter's going to be done with dance for a while. Um, Because the first time it was just me and my oldest son, but I know the rest of the fam wants to see it, so we're definitely going to watch it again. So, got that. And I think that's going to do it for this one, folks. So again, like, follow, share, subscribe to Dork Dad Podcast. Also, check out threeleggedrabbit.com. Oh, I almost forgot. Before we go. Before we go, let's end with a Game of Thrones dad joke. Which Game of Thrones character is always running late? Samuel Tardy. Alright, thank you everybody. And until next time, I'll see you later. You've been listening to the Dork Dad Podcast. Please remember to follow, like, subscribe, and share with your friends. Until next time, keep it dorky.